You're listening to a DM podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the podcast with the best banter, greatest gut feels, and most ridiculous narratives on planet Earth. Get ready to dominate the NRL fantasy season with the team from Top King League. G'day guys, welcome back to Talking League. We've been away for a couple of months and we've brought back Talking Shit and also Talking Sport, but today we're going to be talking some fantasy and I've missed my main man on a Sunday and Brenton's back in the house, missed the eighth place in the universe in the, yeah, you know you're the eighth best fantasy player right now in the universe, man. Uh, yeah, right now, um, but you know, <laughs> here's hoping you can back it up, but it's a pretty special result when you get those kind of things. It's never happened before, not even a top 100 for me personally, um, previously, sorry. Um, so, yeah, see if we can k- keep the hot streak running. Yeah, huge effort, mate. You kind of, you only was like, what, 189th the year before, so you're a pretty gun player, but mate, you're looking pretty cute there with your, your new stickers on your arms there, mate. You should see this, ladies and gentlemen. He's got... Darth Vader covering one arm, and there's no doubt he's just been doing buys and tries at the gym. So, yeah, oh, mate, yeah, you got to get the bigger canvas, don't you? No, it's um, a <laughs> bit of a midlife crisis um, that we've been going through. I uh, just turned 40 in August, so uh, just got, yeah, three three new tattoos done in the last four months, but it's, um, we're, we're hitting the brakes on them for, the, for a little bit because um, they are getting way too expensive. Yeah, sounds it, mate. Now, so ladies and gentlemen, what we'll do today, we're just going to give you our initial thoughts on the Broncos, Raiders, Sharks, Bulldogs, and Finns. So just thought, who's on our watch list? Nothing permanent because we'll go come back in January and February and we'll break this down a little bit deeper. We just wanted to kind of, we've been away from kind of footy for a little while, so we just kind of wanted to come back over the next four weeks, just have a look at the 17 teams and just build into next year, have plenty of NRL news. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to drop... I've gone across pretty much the whole week and just had a look at all the relevant news that is across the NRL at the moment. There was actually a stack of news this week, so just have a look at the show notes, the episode notes, and I'll also post them online. But just going to go through these kind of one by one, maybe get our initial thoughts, maybe not the ones, the teams that we're going to cover, but what you'll be looking for, NRL.com has actually done a pretty good job this week in terms of player interviews, so a few on there. But starting at the Raiders, Hoapa Puru, he debuted second last game of the season and played pretty well in that and then also the semi-final. So probably be here with Horsey's going to be out for a couple of weeks. So I know that they've signed uh, Morgan Smoothies, but be interesting to see how much minutes this, this young kid picked up. Remember him before the end of the season? Yeah, he was really good. Hey, I um I don't foresee him to be a round one purchase um, just because I don't I think they'll price him a little bit too high, mm. and I don't think he's going to get that starting role, that starting minutes. Um, there's also we'll probably go into it a little bit when we cover the Raiders, but um, who knows what they will do while Horse is out? They could put Joe Tarpany to the thirteen. Um, Smithies could play thirteen. And again, who trusts Ricky Stewart? So, yep. um, gun player, but yeah, I don't, um, I don't foresee him to be a round one purchase. Yeah, next one, Jake Averilla. He was speaking about playing inside Jake uh, Jermaine Azarko on the right edge, which I actually do really favour him. I know that you know, fantasy wise, Jakey hasn't been the best fantasy scorer here, but very keen to see what he kind of turns up with uh, Wayne Bennett and uh, on that right edge, man. Yeah, I think that'd be a three-date rule because he historically, I mean, I know the Bulldogs have been pretty bad for the the time that he's been there Mm. uh, when he wasn't playing in the halves. Um, And he was always only historically scoring okay when he was playing fullback and when he was scoring tries. Um, not really a base stats guy, but if he's if he's setting up a Sarko and a Sarko goes on a try scoring run, there's your try assist, there's your line break assists, um, few extra attacking stats. He could be an interesting option, especially if he keeps the duel. Mm. Now, mate, KO Weeks, big opportunity, to lock down a spine jersey at the Raiders. Jesus, I know we're going to talk and talk a little bit more about them in a sec, but that spine man is looking very, very not not thin because there's talent there, right? But just experience-wise, they've lost some really experienced players. Well, they, Jack Whiten, right? Their, their main guy. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Raiders are going to be a very fantasy-relevant team for those kind of cashies. Mm. Um, I, I can potentially see either um, 
Oh, no, Xavier Savage. I think he will get first crack at fullback, so I think he'll be in a lot of teams. I think KO Weeks will get the six, so I think he's going to be in a lot of teams. And I, the names escape me, but the guys who are backing up in those positions are going to be basement price. So I think there's going to be a lot of relevancy there. Yeah. Um, the other one I, I'm actually interested in is Jamal Fogarty. Yeah, absolutely. I was so going to he's on my he, list to talk was, about, um, man. So, yeah, think so about him we'll losing, get into him obviously a little bit later. Losing goal kicking, not really. He's well sharing the kind of general play kicking there with Jack exactly. White, and so those base steps are going to really just yeah. accelerate. Exactly. All right, mate. Next one: injuries and Ryan Puppenhausen. He's going over to Philadelphia again to visit Bill Knowles. Jaden Bradley's going to be joining him there in Philly next week as well. One on the radar is uh, Conley Lemuelu was actually injured in that last game for Samoa. He picked up a knee injury, so they've got scans this week as well. So one to, on the radar, probably more of a draft one there because essentially he's going to be probably a little bit too expensive come opening round. Yeah. I, I also don't think he'll keep that centre tag. So I, I feel like there will be better options for the edge um, over Connolly Lemuelu anyway. Yeah, mate. Now, Trell Mitt, he's left let rip on the management of his calf injury. He's going to be quite an interesting one. Souths have a, a bit of a ripper draw, though, in terms of like inc- like they've probably got the hardest draw out of everyone. But thoughts, Trell Mitt, is he's, he's, he's one of those guys that kind of works into the season, isn't he? I, I think so, and I think when you're setting up those original teams, I don't think you're spending your big money on your fullbacks or your centres. You're, you're essentially putting a lot of your cap into your halves and your and your mids, um, and maybe maybe a hook or or one edge. But I do feel this season you're going to have a lot of mid range edges, mm. uh, kind of like your Jermaine Hopgoods and Ellie Katoas that you had last year. So I yeah I don't I don't think Trollmit would be a round one buy. Um, I think you need to wait those three dates to see who the guns are going to be. Yeah. Now, the next one, mate, Connor Watson, he had a chat on SEN, and originally he was meant to be back round 20 of last year, but he's looking good now, back into full training, but he was talking about splitting those minutes with both Brandon Smith and Victor Radley. So probably three guys that, if they don't play big minutes, probably become a little bit unrelevant classic-wise. Yeah, it gets carnivorous, doesn't it? They all eat into themselves. So, um, no, no real interest for me, especially for cheese. Um, <laughs> We're going to do it again. Fool, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me eight hundred times. Um, it's what it feels like with cheese. So, um, yeah, won't be touching either any three of those. We've all been there. Now, mate, one unusual one. David Fafita has a Desi contract clause by round ten. If he doesn't <laughs> like Desi, mate, he can opt to get out by the end of the year. Uh, Crazy. Cheese. Yeah. I- I don't know how much. I think it's just a safety net for him, but he, they're professional footballers. Surely he's invested for the year and not just sitting back waiting for what the coach is going to do. He's still going to rip in. He's still going to be the best edge in the game. Um, he, he's, if you're wanting to go big in that area, set and forget. But, yeah, I, I see him staying there, to Pete, be honest. Could you imagine saying that to your manager, that you want a, a get-out clause if you don't like him in two and a half months? Like, turn it yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, beat the shit out of you, honestly. Absolutely. But- now, mate, next one. Sydney Roosters looking to invest in maybe some Wallabies rising stars. Mark Nawa Kwani Toazi. He's a young winger. It's not a bad effort. Yeah, he's a young winger that he might be the guy that replaced. They look pretty stacked anyway, even with Sulee there this year, yeah. man. Yeah, well, they're getting Dom Young. So I don't see outside backs being the problem. Billy Smith had a good comeback from injury um, and, and he got an um, upgraded contract as well. So. I don't think they need them. I think that, you know, maybe the Admirals compensating the Roosters somewhere there to, to try and poach them and kill Rugby Union in Australia. Yeah, next one, mate. Now, the barbecuer, James Maloney, he's back. He's back as an assistant coach for the NRL team at the Cowboys. Now, mate, barbecuing alone has gone up through the roof. But be interesting because he's back because obviously Chad Townsend is the seven up there. They're the grand final winning partnership with the Sharks. So apparently he's there to help the offense. So thoughts? Yeah, I I think that could be good news for Tom Didden, to be honest, because I thought he's taken some good steps. And I think uh, they would be... <sighs> Chad Towns has developed the younger crops uh, coming through as well. Mm. Absolutely. Now, Wayne Bennett, he had a bit of uh, chat on Anthony Milford. So the MILFs turned down a three-year contract to the UK, but Wayne Bennett's pretty much fired up saying that the MILF needs to step up or retire. 
Yeah, I, I thought he was off contract, to be honest. But, I yeah, I, I don't see Anthony Milford playing much of a part this year. Um, and, and until he does, until he's a basement price, he's got. I've got no interest in him either. Yeah, it's it's going to be very, very difficult to take him in any scenario there. Now, one for you, mate, the doggies. Reed Marnie, he's hired leadership and performance guru Andrew May to help him out with his leadership this year. Now, Andrew May has been renowned for helping plenty of the elite leaders right across sports in Australia, but step in the right direction. I do like, you know, proactive approach, especially considering that Reed is a young leader, but I like this move. Yeah, so do I. Um, and I've, I've actually listened to some of those leadership guys speak at conferences and they've um, uh, one of the guys actually worked with Ash Barty and getting her mindset correct. Uh, for what she needed to do and how to handle pressure situations. So it can only help. Um, but interesting in that article that he did, he actually confirmed the uh, Taukiaho signing for the dogs. <laughs> there you go. So <laughs> let that slip a little bit, but worst kept secret in the world. There you go. Now, a couple of sharky ones to finish. Now, Kate Dykes, he's back in full training, back from his ACL, looking very good. I actually saw him a couple of weeks ago in Melbourne, and he was looking jacked, man. So, one to look out for. I don't think he's going to be there round one, but there is thoughts about maybe turning him into a centre and then also backing up the halves, so, and also fullback. So, interesting guy there. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So, are they going to hold Connor Tracy, you reckon? No, I reckon he might be going before the, the start because they've got Kyle Ira as well, who's a very talented young mm. outside back. So, And it's going to be hard to stay in. Like Connor Tracy probably won't make the starting 13 unless they move Sifat Talakai back to the forwards. So, yeah, it's a very interesting one, but I wouldn't stand in his way. Yeah. And finally here, mate, huge no, news. I, don't think, I think um Shane Flanagan or Shane Flanagan's got an interest, everyone. Yeah. Now huge news, Matt. Matt Moylan, he's looking at an immediate switch to the Super League with Lee at and Adrian Lamb. So they'll give the Sharks some salary cap relief because there's no doubt that they haven't entered the market because essentially they don't have any room to move in terms of funds. So they'll probably give him probably half a million dollars. So could be some interesting moves out out at Cronulla Way if this actually does pan out this week, man. Yeah, it'd be interesting what position they try and strengthen. I'd um, I presume they'd try and put in someone like a, like a middle forward or someone in there. They're stacked for outside backs, and you've got some good young talent in the halves. I think so. so. I think the middle's the weakness in the in the team. So, yeah, I think that's definitely where they'll be chasing. They've got some really good young halves coming through as well. But, B, let's have a look team by team. Like I said, we're going through the Broncos, Sharks, Raiders, Bulldogs, and Fins tonight. We'll go look at the Broncos first. Now, 2024 gains, Fletcher Baker from the Roosters. Now, on the loss side, it, it's, it might hurt him a little bit here, mate. Herbie Farnworth, he's gone to the Finns. Keenan Palacia to the Titans. Tommy Flegler to the Dolphins. And Logan Bayless uh, Bur- Burrow, he's unsigned. But, mate, I know that they've got plenty of good young outside backs, especially in the form of Dean Mariner, to have a crack for Herbie Farnworth. But I really do think that they're going to miss Bo Flegler, who I think was one of the best middle forwards the back end of the year. And I thought Palacia was huge last year, man, when he came back as well. Yeah, I think they've got the cattle to still replace them to a degree, but Flegler's a state of origin forward. So who are you really replacing him with? Like Fletcher Baker might get the start. There's talk of Pat Carrigan playing playing eight. Mm. Um, I don't see that happening. I, I think like a Fletcher Baker or a Corey Jensen will come in and play that kind of plotter um, front rower uh, with Carrigan staying at the 13. But um, yeah, I think I think the Broncos will be fine. Yeah, the, the only concern I have is that the power game that Flegler brought really, I thought, just reduced a load on both Haas and Carrigan to week after week having to make big plays for the team. So that's only one big concern I've got. I don't like the move of Kobe Heverington. I know that Kobe's a good player, good defender, really fast play the ball, but he's no Pat Carrigan, and I think that will take away the strengths having both him and Pat Carrigan there together. Yeah, I, I think uh, Kobe Heverington's still going to come off the bench. I, I I think all the talk of Pat Carrigan going to eight and Hetherington thirteen, I think it's smoke screens. I think they're just going to run Hetherington off the bench and um, fill in for those minutes at um, at lock that Carrigan doesn't play, or maybe fill in at hooker. Mm, I think so too. Now talking about kind of fantasy relevance, and now Dean Mariner, you know, he only came on to the wing for three games, had a really good average because he averaged forty right across his four games that he played this year, three or as a winger, and then one as an interchange player practically playing a game and a half. In that time, he scored five tries here, mate. So he can actually motor, and he's fast. Reminds me a lot of Christian, of uh, Stephen Crichton, man. So 
I think he's going to he's going to be well in the running for that spot. And Queensland Cup, he averaged thirty nine again, scoring ten tries in fourteen games. But your thoughts on maybe Dean Mariner? Yeah, I, I like him as a player. I don't think it's going to be a fantasy option at the start. I think you're paying you'll be paying top price. So if he's forty point average, he's going to be in that five hundred mark. No discount, um, you a bit, bit higher. No, I don't think they'll give him a discount because um, he's he's played. Yeah, he's played four games, so I don't I don't think they'll discount it. And even if they discount it, let's say to a thirty five, you're still paying up for a centre mm. who's unproven over the course of a season. So, um, I've watched him play live, and I like what I see, but I don't think he's going to be an option for fantasy come round one. Mate, do you think he'll be a winger unless he's discounted? They've got options, right? Because Jesse Arthur's obviously is a natural centre. The other one, the other thought I've had is because of the amount of money they pay Selwyn and Cobbo, will we see him there at least trial? Uh, you might see him trial, but again, he's he was, what, a 40-point average, so you're going to be still paying up for him um, when he's a state-of-origin winger. I I don't know if they actually move him or not. Yeah. Next one I want to pick your brain on, mate, is obviously they go over to Las Vegas. Now, it's going to be very interesting to see whether the NRL make all the teams give us the team lists early, like do one team list Tuesday on that Tuesday, or... They have two different team list Tuesdays. And also, if the NRL fantasy gods, they amend any of the rules in terms of like what you can do. Because essentially, for me, like Payne Haas has always been a bit of a set and forget middle to kind of base your team around, right? But he also, I do think, B gives you a good option to lock in a VC, especially if you want to go down the Cleary or Hines route as your captain who will play a week later. Yeah, I think that's an absolutely perfect strategy. Payne Haas is the number one mid um, and has been for the last few years. So if you're getting a set and forget in that position, Payne Haas is it for me. Uh, He had a 64 average, so he's going to be pretty pricey. Um, But I think there's going to be options where you can uh, maybe save some money in the edge position um, and maybe in those outside backs. Um, And then you've got your vice captain out of the way. So should um, you have to have the captain on someone like a Cleary or a Hines, but NRL.com or Fantasy don't let you change it, um, I think that's going to be a a fantastic option. What would you rather run at this point? I know it's very, very early, but would you rather have a mid, the best mid like Haas and combine him with a Cleary in Hines, or would you rather go with Hines and Cleary straight off the bat? That's a real good question. Um and I don't have an answer for it right now. I've um, I've chatted to a few people who are going to be going Cleary and Hines straight away mm. because they are seventy point averages, but or seventy fours, I should say. Um, Cleary's the one who's done it year in year out, and Hines has done it for a couple of years, which has been great. Um, but I don't know. I get a bit more jittery on Hines mainly now because it's not Moylan who's at six. It's going to be uh, Tricky Trindle. So for me, I'll probably be going a Cleary and Haas. Um, but, God, that could change 10 times from now. Absolutely, mate. One of the guys off contract is actually Kurt Capel. So it'll be very interesting what they do with him because they've just signed Pierre Cure on a big, big new deal as well. And there's no doubt that last year he had a bit of a breakout season, playing very, very well from the bench. But how long do you hold him back, especially with Capes being 31 years old? Do you kind of see that, especially when they're kind of short now in the middle, do you think maybe Kurt Capel could be seeing some minutes in the middle? Mm-hmm. Probably not. I would see him more potentially as a bench utility um, if they were going to run that that kind of thing. Because I know Jordan Ricky doesn't want to go anywhere and he's going to re-sign with Brisbane. So if they're going to run those two young fellas on the edges, I could see Capewell maybe going to the bench because he can fill those outside backs as he's played centre at, um, at the Sharks previously if there's... um if there's desperation for it. Mm. The other one, mate, Blake Moser, he's obviously going to be kind of a basement price, but could be a bit of a trap because considering if he comes off the bench, even though that uh, the other guy who was stepping in this year as well, uh, what's he, he just kind of... Uh, uh, Tyson Smoothie. Smoothie, yes. Thank you. Thank, thank God one of us are on. But <laughs> Smoothie actually got some... Let's have a look how many minutes Smoothie got because it might still be not too bad because he was running maybe 35, 40 minutes in the end, wasn't he? Uh, I don't think he was playing that many, but he still wasn't scoring great. So I don't think – I think Moser is a trap um, until he gets that starting nine. And I say until because he's the heir apparent for that jersey. 
Um, and I think Billy Walters would be a better 14. I know we're talking so many utilities now for Brisbane, but <laughs> Billy Walters has those, um, half, that, that kind of half experience. So if he does go back to 14 and Moses ready for NRL, I think that's where, that's where you buy him. 29 minutes, mate. Smoothie averaged off the interchange bench last year. That guy that you mentioned before, yeah. mate, Fletcher Baker, he got, he averaged 26 in 29 minutes there for the Roosters this year. So if he does get a starting role, he could. Easily go up to to maybe a forty minute roll and maybe see maybe a mid thirties could be a little bit of catch to be made there. Yeah, he's in my black book. It depends on who they um how they structure that forward pack uh, for the starting positions. Absolutely. Now I think that kind of covers everything we wanted to cover there with the Bronx. Let's move on to the Raiders because they're gonna be super fantasy re- relevant this year, as we've always said a couple of times here, mate. But looking at the 2024 games, Simi Sasagi, you got KO Weeks, and then Morgan Smithies from Wigan. Now losses: Jack Whiten goes to the uh, Rabbitohs, Matt Frawley goes to the Leeds Rhinos, Jared Croker retired, and then Clay Webb is unsigned. But plenty to like about this in terms of fantasy here, mate. And I think fullback, the guy that you wanted to talk about here was Xavier Savage. The other one was uh, Chevy Stewart, who they got at the start of last year from Cronulla. Gun, New South Wales. Uh, he played in the New South Wales 19s. Didn't impress that much in that game, but has had some great games in the New South Wales Cup, and I know they're very, very high on him. So I think come round one, we're going to see one of these two, mate. Yeah, I think that... Um I, I think it'd be Xavier Savage, uh, but at the same time, who knows with Ricky Stewart... Uh, he's, he seems like he was already going to be the heir apparent for it. Um, but if Ricky wants to go for youth and to try and develop them, um, then, you know, I guess who knows what's going to happen. Definitely, but at least it's good for our fantasy, mate. But another guy that might be good for our fantasy is one of my old love interests from last year, Sebastian Chris. Now, with the two youngsters moving to fullback, there's no doubt that his next best position will probably be in the centres there, mate, where he has had a lot of good fantasy-relevant scores in the past, averaging, I think it was 39 in 2022. Sorry, it was... Let me just double-check that because I love him so much. 39 and a half as centre in 2022. Now, he finished 2023 with a price of, what, he averaged 28, mate. So, it'll be a good price come round one if you're, if you're there. If he's, if he's there on the left centre, mate, would you have a little nibble there, mate? I don't think so. I've historically gone very cheap centres. Um, hasn't worked out really that as well as you'd probably like. But like we last year, I started with Alamotti and Harley Smith Shields, mm. and one was a one was a goer for a while, and then the other um, not so much. <laughs> I think you have to. I think you have to. Now, the other position we've got to have a chat about, we've, we've talked a little bit about KO Weeks. The other one is Ethan Strange, who debuted as a centre, actually, this year. They got crushed, though. I remember being at his debut because it was down in Melbourne, and I was actually in Melbourne for that that weekend. And unfortunately, they got absolutely smashed in that game. But he's, he's a very, very good young number six. The other one is, with KO Weeks, mate, I just don't think... Like, I think we're, if he's, he's going to be bargain price if he does come there for round one, right? So it becomes a natural pick because he's going to make a little bit of cash. But I was really impressed with his preseason from last year, especially the trials. But every time I've seen him in first grade, I have not been impressed. So any thoughts there? Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to be a perfect 18 through 21, um, especially if he keeps that wing fullback half jewel. Um, mm. All he has to average is a, a twenty-eight. I think it will be, and he'll make you one hundred and forty grand. So, and it's gonna that's gonna be doable in a starting role where he might get a few kick meters here. He'll get the tackles. He'll get the eighty minutes. Um, uh, he's definitely one that I'll definitely be looking at, especially for that eighteen to twenty-one for the dual position. Yeah, mate, we've only covered three position, and you could possibly have three Canberra players already slotted in your team. Yep. But looking at the forwards now, Joseph Tarpany, mate, in that final against uh, New Zealand versus Australia, played in the lock position as he did in pretty much the whole tournament. Played huge minutes, got through a stack of stats, but. Yeah, it's one of those things that I went through Tarpany twice last year, mate, and <laughs> not, I, it's not like I didn't have success with him. He's just one of those guys that uh, Horsborough just racks the stats up and you just feel comfortable. Tarpany, you've yep. got no idea what the hell is going on out there. He can he can put 40 points on in one minute, like, but it's just not good for the mind, man, I feel. 
No, I I don't feel. I started with him last year on the um on the expert advice of talking league, and I got off him in round eight. It was just it's too much of a roller coaster. He's a he's a better TPJ um for me, and I think there's going to be better options that you're going to be looking for, uh like your Payne Harses, uh Cam Murray should still be affordable um at that stage, and then um potentially going like a mid-ranger, so you're not doing the uh, Corbs mid-strategy. Yeah, now with Tarps, I think he'll stay in the front row. What I think might happen, especially with Horsborough being out for those first couple of games, I think Elliot Whitehead will move to the middle, and then they'll get Smithies on the on the old edge. Thoughts? Uh, I, I think Smithies will get the 13, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah I don't think... I think Elliot Whitehead, he's kind of... Well, he's getting a bit older. He can play that 13, but I don't think he offers very much. Um, he's a bit bit slower. You need that younger younger fella to make all those tackles. Um, and he can and Elliot Whitehead could just be on the edge running his lines and and doing what he does. So, but it again, is. it's Ricky Stewart, mate. They could put Tarpany at thirteen and and run Josh Papali for eighty minutes. Who knows what he'll do? Very interesting because he's the captain of the team, right? But the thing is, it's his last year as well. Like you said, he's slowing down. He could be a guy that maybe you do work onto the bench as well. The other guy, Puru, who I, I spoke about at the top of the show, he's he's an interesting one because he can play a number of different positions there. I was actually thinking of him maybe as that utility 14 on the bench. They do need to get experience into the young guy as well. It might be a perfect role for him. Yeah, especially while Horsburgh's out. So there's going to be a few extra minutes there for them. So um, it, it could be a goal, but in fantasy land, I still don't think they're... Um, they're worth the risk. You want to try and get those basement guys who are getting starting roles um, and who've got that 40 to 50 minutes in them, at least for the middles. Now, we talked about having a stacked Raiders maybe for round one. Now, the other guy I haven't mentioned yet is another back, and it's Jamal Fogarty, right? Now, he averaged 47 there across his games last year. Of course, didn't have consistency with the goal kicking there, B. You're just having a look at his average there. He averaged one goal kick because of the fact that Jared Crack was in and out of the team there all year. I guess the biggest thing there is he only averaged, what, kick made is 387. In the final game as Cronulla, he kicked for 719 metres with Wyden at centre. That could be a big indication of kind of where that moves forward, especially with the young 6-1 and one in the team. Yeah, if you're not running a Cleary Hines combination, I think I think Fogarty's got the best value. Uh, he aver- what did he average last year? Like 46, I think it was. Something yeah, like that. he did 46, 47. There you go. So um, he's going to be affordable. He'll be under that 700k. You'll be saving yourself 350 grand. I reckon he's going to be a high 50s average. Um, give if Ko Weeks is playing the six. Well, it could be very similar to when Hines and Morland combined for the first time, right? Because yeah. essentially you've got that dominant half. Yeah, well, what was he averaging? At, he was averaging at the Titans at one stage, I think. 55, He was mate. averaging, yeah, 55 to 60 um, in certain games. So, I um, I think he's a red-hot shout. Mm, he'd probably pick up, what, kick meters, goal kicking. When you think he's only averaged one, you'd have to think that that would probably rise to a minimum of three. So, then there's four points that you've got right there. You've got 387 that could easily go back up to five to 600 quite dramatically, especially when you will have yep. a look at let's have a look at the games without Whiten quickly and just see where these yeah. kicking stuff well, is. He will um while you're looking that up, he'll also be the dominant playmaker. Whereas you were sharing it with Jack White, who's a New South Wales representative. Um he's now he's got KO week, so he's gonna have more of a hands on role probably on both sides of the field, I think. Mm, absolutely. Now mate, are we We'll have a look at kind of where their buy lies because obviously we don't want to have a million of Raiders. Just wanna double check where no. these buy lies. Because how many, what do we, we talked last year, max of three, even that max kind of, three. of, yeah, even that kind of like gave us a few different yeah. when's, toss-ups When's there. that buy? Because if it's, if it's a bit later, that might be the time to trade out KO weeks. If Just it's like a round eight, round buy. nine buy. 10, mate. Round 10, 14 and 19. There you go. So you have, have all your Raiders till round nine and then that's when you can start brooming some of them. Like well, if it's a Chevy Stewart or KO Weeks, they would have made their money by then. Similar to kind of the Storm last year. Remember the Storm kind of finished up in that kind of round nine area. So Yeah, that's it. And that's where everyone got off um, like Ellie Katoa, Trent Liero. Um, 
Yeah, so I think there you go. All right. So maybe you can start with a few extra Raiders, but um, have a plan ready to to go into the buy rounds. I think so. Well, mate, well, maybe we'll keep it to that. Probably the last guy I want to just have a quick chat on. There's another one for our radar for the preseason. Trey Mooney. Trey Mooney got a few different uh, starts there late in the season. Super impressive guy, big guy. So no doubt that there's no they want to kind of cycle through the middle a little bit more because of the fact that Papa Leahy and Whitehead are both coming to the end of their tenors. So there's no doubt I think we'll see more of Mooney the next year, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see what they do with him moving forward because I don't see him as a prop forward, but I see him more of that ball playing 13. And if they're running Horsburgh at 13, where does where does Trey Mooney fit in the grand scheme of things? Um, I think he's way too talented to be still playing like reserve grade or just playing off the bench. Um, I think he might be a handy pickup for another club should the Raiders let him go. Yeah, now moving on to the Sharkies, mate, 2024. Now we've signed no one and lost his Wade Graham. He's retired. Jensen Tomanapia, he is unsigned. I think he's training and trial actually with the Cows at the moment. And then obviously the news on Matt Moylan, he's probably going to be shipped off as well. But that draw, mate, like I know that everyone's going to be debating the whole bin the chin or flicker the Nico, but I think that draw just opens it up for me that I think Nico Hines is my premium choice still, man. Yeah, it's it's always going to divide the entire fantasy community is who do you go. Um, the question is, if you don't go Haas, I'd be going both because they, they've proven it. Like last year, it was a bit of a different debate because Cleary had done it forever and Hines was coming off a great season. But now that he's backed it up with another great season, there, there's a pretty good argument that you should have both because they're the two you're going to be trying to get in your team from the get-go. Mm. Interesting with Tricky Chindle there, B, like because he came into the team. There's no doubt that he's more of a natural seven, considering that he's played his whole career there. Nico started as a seven, moved to fullback, back to seven, but he's got a, a, a way longer kick than Nico, and there was no doubt that he was helping him in that area. Took some kicking meters off, but the thing what we saw was Nico Hines actually step up with his running game, which obviously was also because Will Kennedy was out, so he was essentially the Sharks' main attacking weapon. So we probably don't have the sample that we probably do need to see the Sharks spine together? Yeah, I, I think kick metres is one of the traps that you can get in to fantasy because they've got to kick for 30 metres to get one point. Mm. But if you've got a good running half, they've only got to run 10 metres and they get the same amount of points. So all, all the people who have emphasis on those kick metres, probably not the greatest stat to look at. Um, and that's why Nico can keep up those big scores, even though he's sharing kicking metres with Tricky. Yeah, mate, that's why you're number eight in the whole universe. But that man, Tricky Trindle, mate, he could also be up for for grabs there as well because we saw plenty of form there, even though, again, the stats could be jaded because Nico was carrying an injury, so he took over the goal kicking as well. So probably picked up a few extra points. But Tricky Trindle, I think he finished with like a 33 average. So he's not bad price as well, man, for the start of the year, considering the draw for yeah, the Sharks. I, I'm quite interested in him. Um, it all depends on the makeup. Like if you're going... a uh, Hines and Cleary, do you really want a mid-range half or do you want to run someone like a KO Weeks who's, you know, basement price or close to it? So, uh, yeah, what one for the Black Book, I think, to be honest. Or if you're willing to take a punt, I don't think it's actually a bad option. I think he's a great football player. I really do. Yeah, I rate him quite highly as well, man. I'm really glad he's in the team. Now, probably the other thing that moving forward is what they do with Sifatalakai because there's no doubt that laterally he does struggle against really quick centres there, mate. And he does have the versatility of moving between the mid-edge and then also covering the centres. So for me, you know, we've talked a little bit about utilities here, B. I think he actually is the perfect 14 for the Sharks, which would open up the space to have a bit of a, you know, Tracy, Eero and Dykes to really have a real shot at that left centre spot. Yeah, I, I don't think he's a 14. I think he's probably like your, your backup. He'll be a sort of a utility. I think Cam McInnes is there to play your your middle forwards or your nine and Talakai can be your outside back and your um, back rower. Um, so you kind of got two utilities, but they can fill multiple positions across the park. And then you can run like your, your Hazeltons and your, your other big boppers, um, running up through the middle. Yeah, what I'd love to see as well is maybe Cameron McInnes start at nine, just give Braley a little bit of a spell to open up the game. But very interesting to see what they do with Dale Finucane because for me, I know that he's brought a lot off the field to the Sharks, but in terms of performances, and like for me being a Sharks fan, I think our biggest weakness is our middle. And I think that we've not only spent incorrectly in that middle, but we're not getting bang for our buck in that position. And I think a lot of it has to do with the money we spent on Dale. Yeah, he's only for what six hundred, I think it was for it was four big, years. Yeah, I think I think it's more than that, man. 
Yeah, I, I think it was around that, and that I, I do think he changed the culture in what was happening in Cronulla, and I think it was, I think it was a good signing. Um, but you know, again, he's coming to the end of it. He's been around for years. Um, and I, I actually think Sharks looked better when Cameron McInnes was at thirteen. To be honest, I, I do think as well, mate. He just he just brings that energy in defence, right? And one of the best defenders in the comp gets through a mountain of work, and I think his teammates just love him. Next one is Kennedy's back. Well, Wilson will probably replace Wade Graham straight back into that left edge, mate. But I think maybe that's why I think Siffer might be on the bench as well, just to back up Wilson, especially him coming back from that injury, mate. So, But apart from that, probably not a lot more fantasy relevance-wise here as well. Let's both stay away from Jesse Ramian this year, mate. Oh, God, yeah. No, I'll get sucked in somehow. (laughs) It'll happen. Now, mate, we can go to the dogs or the fins. Do you want the dogs last or do you want to rip in? Mate, you're, you're the host, mate. You go, it, it, you've got dogs here right on the run sheet, so let's just go then. Very interesting here, mate. Now, 2024 games, Bronson Cherry, Stephen Crichton, Blake Taff, Jermaine Salmon, Josh Curran, Drew Hutchison, Kurt Mann, Jake Turpin, and Pawasa Fumasulili. Now, 2024 losses, Jake Everillo, Tavita Pangai Jr., Cole Flanagan, Paul Alamotti, Luke Thompson, uh, Corey Waddell, Braden Burns, and Declan Casey. Now, a hard draw to start, mate. That first seven games is brutal. And probably another thing that we probably haven't discussed is much on the draw, but I think people are kind of overstating the whole you've got an easy draw thing, B, because of the fact that from last year, we've got the Cowboys, Rabbitohs, and the Eels, who didn't even make the top eight, and they're all made the prelim the previous year. So there there were only one win yeah. each out of the top eight. I actually think people are overrating the whole top eight, bottom eight thing. I, I, th- I think you're spot on because you could have Rabbitohs twice, Eels twice, and Cowboys twice, and it says that you've got an easier draw than if you had someone like the Knights who might struggle or someone like that. So, yeah, I, I think there's a bit of an overemphasis on that middle part of the draw. Um, I think you just, when in doubt, you pick the best players. Go to the eye test. Don't rely too much on the draw. Take it as a factor. But if you feel like you know, let's get let's say Stephen Crichton for example, since we're talking about the Bulldogs, mm. if he's got if he is the fullback and he gets the goal kicking and he's dual wing fullback center, are you going to say no? I'm not going to take him because of his hard draw. No, you know, you're, you're kidding yourself. You'll be taking him every day of the week. Where's he going to be priced at? What do you ended up with? Like uh, a thirty nine, about or a forty average. So that's what's going to tempt you if he gets priced at that forty. Would you be tempted? What are you thinking here, mate? Like uh, 43 ended up as a an average there. 43. Yeah, so still makes it pricey. But if he if he's dual, I think the clincher would be if he gets the goal kicking because we know he's a pretty good goal kicker. So is Matt Burton. Um, I think they will run with Burton as the goal kicker. Um but if if you are, it might be a three date rule. But if he's if he's got the goal kicking in the in the trials, um, I think he's one you'll pick up at centers straight off the bat. Mate, very interesting because of the outside backs, right? We know the talent that Bronson Cherry brings. Big fan of what he did four years ago, but four years is a long time, mate. And in the meantime, Karaz and Blake Wilson, I thought were probably the two best standouts for the Bulldogs last year, and I think they deserve first crack. For me, I think Cherry, I think needs to go back to reserve grade and really learn his trade again. But I'm I'm keen to hear your thoughts. Yeah, the the entire Bulldogs forum is basically thinking that Zeri's just going to come back and he's not going to miss a beat. And I, I lean towards what you're saying, um, especially when they were putting Karaz in the centres. I thought he was quite good there, um, especially with Wil- so Wilson and Fox, you would presume would be the wings. Mm. If you're running Karaz as one centre, then who do you run as a second? Is it Zeri? Is it Steve Crichton and you put Taff at fullback? Or is Crichton at fullback so therefore Zeri can go in? The trials are going to be very interesting for the Bulldogs um, to see who is the more fantasy-relevant players. Mate, Blakey Taff, I know that he just hasn't got a a good spell in first grade, like a consistent spell, but Mm. I'm excited at what he brings. Every time I see him play, he brings a lot of energy. He's a fairly decent goal kicker as well, which I don't think that's not not something that Bulldogs are struggling with, really. But never really been fantasy-relevant. Fullback average at the moment, what he's... Got a fullback average last year of 29. But who knows with a little bit more responsibility. For me, I would actually run him first at fullback and leave Stephen Crichton at the centres because I think you've got to pick your best team. And I think he does fall in that top 17. And I think his best position will be fullback. Yeah, I know Seraldo has come out and basically told him, told everyone essentially, no position is safe and there's competition for spots. Just because you are signed as what could be a fullback, that's just out all 
like all the public speculation mm. where who knows what's going on behind the closed doors where he might be saying, yep, you're an 800 grand center um, because you're world-class and you're a game changer. You play the big games the way you do. Um, yeah, so we don't know. Um, there is another player I I really want to talk about in the Bulldogs side as well. Um, where I guess I think we're going to get to him as well. I'm going to say it's Josh Curran, mate, because I know that you're a big uh, fan. I know you're it, a big it, fan. It wasn't Josh Curran. It's going to be on the next list. But no, Joshy Curran's going to be in everybody's team if he gets that 13. Well, you'd think he would keep if he yeah if he gets a 13, he'll automatically become a jewel, which makes him very very juicy, especially when we know what he's produced in the past when he's been starting. He's going to come in priced at like 34, mate. So, yep. Hopgood 2.0. Yep. Just having a look at his lock average. 2022, he averaged in his five games 60 at lock, and that's coming from 71 minutes. He averaged 48, 67 minutes in 2021. That was three games. That was when he debuted. 2023, he didn't play any games there. But we know what pedigree he's got there, especially when starting. And, yeah, it'd be very, very interesting. But it'll be probably between him and Kurt Mann, depending on the style of play they want to have, mate. Yeah, so in the preseason, like, cause obviously the Kurt Mann thing, that was a rumoured signing for, a, I feel like it was a good two months before they actually announced it. And I thought if that was going to be true, Mann was going to be the 13. And I was so on board with buying him. He, he had a, what, 30 average, I think it was, last year as well? Yep. Uh, so I thought he's going to be that 45-point scoring lock. Um, offers From the terms of a football perspective, he is that ball-playing 13, a little bit smaller. Um, but then they've done this Josh Curran signing, and I, I think it's throwing a bit of a spanner in the works on who's going to be the thirteen. But you know, Josh Josh Curran is the younger player, has the higher upside. I think he'll get the thirteen. Yeah, I know we've talked about we, could, we couldn't name this podcast the Utility Podcast because Kurt Mann is <laughs> the perfect utility, right, mate? He can cover the backs, he covers the halves, covers hooker, lock, sticky men at fourteen, mate. Yeah, he he will be the fourteen. Yeah, it makes sense. I think. Now, next one is last year, apart from centers, the other position that really drove me crazy, mate, was hooker. I just didn't think, even with Harry Grant, I don't think I got the best value out of him as well. Now, Reed Marnie, mate, he starts next year with a, he'll be priced at 42. So, in terms of maybe a bounce back hooker, mate, because we, we have seen him in the past hit some good scores. Okay, 2022, 46. So, he's on a bit of a decline. 2021, he averaged 61 at Parramatta in his final season there. On oh, no, second second final season there. Sorry, second last season there. He averaged 51 in 2020. So there's no doubt that in the past he's been a better defender. He's changed his style a little bit. He misses a lot of tackles with that silly rushing thing. Yeah, I think it's... Marnie's going to be... He's going to be great for draft because he'll be lower down. Um, but I think you need to see what the Bulldogs' forward pack is prior to round one. If you feel like it's an okay, like if they get this Taukiaho over the line and Max King as your starters, there you've got two good front rowers. So Marnie's not having to do as much into stopping that first attacker so then the lazy forwards can come and complete the tackle, but Marnie's got the missed tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he, I, I'm, I think he can be a really interesting option if you've got confidence in that forward pack. Mate, what are you thinking of my mate from a couple of years ago? Chris Patolo. Now, he's been out injured a little bit, but probably considering how thin they are a little bit at prop, he could be someone that might pick up a few extra minutes. Came back late last year. Saw him in a few games there to round things off, but got plenty of promise there. Sizable young lad, but is he someone that we should put on the black li- on the black book? Definitely in the black book, not be starting it. Um, I think, especially if they do get this Taukiaho thing over, I think you've got Max King and Taukiaho to start. You're still going to have Ryan Sutton on the bench, um, plus a utility, plus potentially like a, a fringe back rower. Um, well, that could be Patolo himself because um, he can play edge as well. So I don't see the minutes for him unless an injury happens. Um, so I think he's one to watch. Yeah. Now, Nate, the other position probably of contention there is they've brought Drew, Drew Hutchison, obviously a very experienced player. Toby Sexton came over late last year, and I thought he actually did a pretty good job. I'd probably say that, for me, Sexton, given he's a right footer and the young player, probably should have the the nose in front a little bit. I probably don't want to see two left footers in the halves, mate, but thoughts? Yeah, no, uh, not not really a consideration on what, what foot they're kicking with, to me, to be honest. It's just who, who, who plays the best in that position. I think Toby Sexton's got the higher upside, uh, but I'll tell you what, if Drew Hutchinson gets the seven, I'm also not going to be mad. 
mate. He let's, the thing about him. He I think. He's one of the smartest operators. You can see what he's doing on the field. He just doesn't have the body. If you put him in one of the younger guys' bodies that are really super fast, let's say uh, let's say he had Jonathan Thurston's body in terms of his foot speed, he would be an incredible player because you can just see what he actually is starting to try and pick out on the field. So, very good player to actually watch. Yeah, I again, I don't, I'm not too, I'm not sold as Sexton as being the long term number seven. Um, nor am I sold that Drew Hutchinson is. I think it's just a a good buy from a good system to comp- uh, to put competition for spots in place to get the best out of whoever gets that that job first up. Yeah, for sure. Now, moving to our last team here, mate, and it is the Dolphins. Now, 2024 games, they've gone to the market and hit some really good signings here, mate. Sir Herbie Farnworth and Thomas Flegler, both from the Broncos. Jack Avrilo from the Doggies and Oren Keeley, he comes over from the Knights. 2024 losses, Branko Lee, he's released. Terman SASA is off to Hull. Poasa, he's off to the Doggies, as we mentioned. And JJ Collins, he is unsigned. An interesting first five rounds. They have a bye and then four games against teams from outside the top eight so a very interesting opening to the season with the cows dragons by titans and tigers so the ability to get off the to a pretty good start before hitting the broncos in round six but having a look at their team mate i really like the fact that we're going to see both avarillo and herbie in the centers plenty of skill here man yeah i think it's gonna be good one um before we get into the players dolphins are also the team this year that play all three major buy rounds so i do foresee them to be quite popular uh, for, for your go-to players, who you're going to have, like if if Hammers, uh, you know, doing all right, or if there's a, a gun, uh, Cashy coming through, like they're going to be the ones that you're going to want to keep. Um, and Herbie at center, um, he was incredible last year. Are you? Um, do you have any fears that obviously he's going from a team that made the grand final? Will he have the same opportunities? Average what point six of a try? Average forty seven for the year, which. Would yeah. be incredibly and a first full season too because he's had a lot of injury problems in the past as well. But you know, you did mention the thirteen, sixteen, and nineteen. I think it'd be handy to have one or two of these guys here, man. Yeah, maybe if the prices drop a little bit, they're not players that I would start with. But um, it's always, I think it's always a good idea to keep the pedigree of what they have done in the past. Don't think, oh, they're just having a bad five game run. At the end of the day, you want to buy in gloom and sell in boom. So if you're getting a uh, a Herbie at you know 450 500k because he had a rough first few games and got his buy out of the way. Mm. Mate, I think he's going to be a great purchase in those early, like the round seven, round eight. Um, for where you start upgrading your cheap centers. All right, we're gonna have to rip that quote, mate. So it's what do you say? We are buying in gloom and Bu- selling buying in gloom, selling boom. Oh, I've never heard that. I'm meant to be the one to be in the stock market, mate. Jesus, <laughs> I like it. I might have to steal that one. Go for it. Mate, make up of the halves. Now, we all know that, you know, Milk's probably a little bit behind here. Katoa actually just having a look at the games that Tonga played over in England. He was he was actually one of the stars over there for, for Tonga. So, it'd be silly not to think that probably him and O'Sullivan are probably going to be the starting seven, even though Nick Arima played very well in the back end of the year, man. Yeah. I think Nick Arima will get that 14 role because he can cover fullback. Uh, so, that makes more sense to me. Um, and Katoa, he was a young developing player, and I, th- I thought he did all right, to be honest. He was, again, he was in everyone's team. He was basement price. I don't think any of them are going to be a fantasy option for us come round one. Mm. Um, but from a footballing perspective, I think that's who, how they're going to stack those guys into the team. Yeah, I think Katoa is, yeah, he's a lock there for six. Interesting to see what the futures of both Kafusi and Bromwich lies. So, Back into the year, they put Bromwich back onto the bench, was playing up the guts instead of on the edge. Do we anticipate that, considering that Kafusi's a year older and they've got a, a bit of talent there on the edge, particularly like what you do with kind of you and Aiken, who I thought was outstanding on the edge for the couple of games we saw him on there? And I think he's more of a back role than a centre moving forward. Kafusi, do we see him maybe become middle? Nah, uh, not so much Kafusi. I don't see him as a middle. I see, Ke- uh, and when we're saying Bromwich, we're talking Kenny, Kenny obviously. Yeah. Um, I, I do feel like he'll get into that middle rotation, especially he's a little bit younger than Jesse. I think Jesse's only got, you know, a little bit left. Um, and they're all get, they're all getting older. So if Kafusi's not going to be playing on the edge, I think he's going to be a bench, 
bench player and maybe that run with like an Aitken uh, Lemuelu um, as an edge combination. Wouldn't mind seeing it, man. Now, Thomas Flegler, obviously big signing going over big money over there. Now, back end of the year, saw him kind of play. Last couple of games, he played 51 and 48 minutes, which was – he had sporadic minutes here, B. He had 44-minute average across the year, but he can play big minutes at times. He played a high of 66 minutes. Do we see him with him becoming the number one, even though they've got Jesse Bromwich? I do envision him becoming top dog there now. But do we see an increase in role? Uh, I'm not sure. He, he scares me a lot for, uh, I guess, brain snaps, kind of like a Victor Radley. Uh, he also plays Origin, so uh, he's a wait and see for me. I don't know if he's going to be the alpha dog with Tom Gilbert coming back either. Mm, I was going to bring him up as well, man, because I think he was outstanding to start last year. He he was unreal. I thought he was a great signing. He was um uh, from fantasy perspective, he was obviously on a lot of people's radars. He was a dual position player. He was scoring in the fifties, and then the poor fella got injured, and he's uh, he's done. Um, so um, definitely definitely one to watch on how they set up those mids. Um, I don't I don't think that either of those guys are going to be cheap enough for me to want to start them round one. Well, Tommy Gilbert, he was in that Origin one team as well, so. He's Correct. well in the mix there for for the Origin team as well. He got he got injured in that Origin game. That's how it finished, right? Is that what happened? Uh, uh, Flagler? No, no, uh, Gilbert. No, Gilbert. Uh, did he get did injured he, in Origin? He, he he got injured in Origin, but I'm pretty sure the injury that he got that um, sidelined him was for the Dolphins. Gotcha. I think. Now, Could be wrong, though. He averaged 47 in his 59 minutes there last year. So, someone to look out again. I don't. He'll probably lose his edge flag, though, but there, mate. He didn't play yeah, that I once. Think, I, I think he'll just be a mid. Um, is that 47 average including any injury-affected games? Well, he only played up to round yeah. 12. So, yeah, he did get injured in, in Origin, man, because he didn't play a game. It was Origin. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, no injury-affected games here by the looks of it at all. I'm pretty sure he started slow too, and then he started to explode. Yeah, you're um, spot on. Oh, uh, you're not spot on. 45, 59, 56, 43, 35. So it's uh, kind of so like a... Yeah, a, it's a, an up and down. Um, we do need to kind of see Jeremy Marshall King, obviously, he had one of his better years fantasy relevant-wise. Tackle machine, but he did hurt that shoulder, considering Nick Arima on the bench as well. Probably you don't want to be going out too early. But like nah. you said, mate, because they've got the 13, 16, 19, we could probably have a really good look into some of these guys into probably round 12 or something, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any outstanding buys for round one, but they're guys that you're going to want to look at purchasing in that round 10 to 13 to set yourself up for that buy period. Um, JMK, not really on my radar for it. I think I think I'd rather a Reed Marnie or even potentially a Jaden Braley. Um, those guys who you kind of know where you're going to get your base stats from. Yeah. Mate, one guy that could be a little bit up for thoughts, Sean O'Sullivan. Now, up and down season, obviously had that pec injury to start the year. Slow start as well, which saw him average 43 by season's end. Finished the last month, though, with 53, 53, 30, and 64. So, interesting one in terms of working your way back into the year. Probably not one for round one, but someone to keep an eye on, I think. Yeah, I think maybe a draft, but I think a lot of people were buying him last year because they thought he was going to get the goal kicking. Um, and then Osako obviously took over and had the season that he did. So I, I don't, I'd, I'd be taking a Jamal Fogarty over a Sean O'Sullivan every day of the week. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to agree with you on this one and have about eight different Raiders in my team for round one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the first five teams. Now, before I let you go, just remember, we do have Talking Sport with Jace, Rich, Jakey, and Chris. That rolls around. I'm sure they've got plenty to say because the cricket's just about to start as well. So I know the Rich and Jace and Jakey are well into their cricket there. So be on the lookout for that. I think they might have another episode on Tuesday. Me and the boys will be talking shit on on Wednesday night, release that on Thursday. So please have a listen to that. A bit of fun and games before we start again in the new year. But me and B will be pretty much back every Sunday for the next another three weeks after this. Just wrapping up our initial thoughts, our black bookers, just so we've got a little bit to go in and then before we rip in in January for the proper. But if you haven't yet and you love the podcast and you're getting value out of it, please leave us a review on either Apple or Spotify. It really helps us to continue to grow the show and we're very appreciative. And send me any feedback in any content that you want to see next year as well. But B, good to have you back, my man. It's good to see you all tatted up and looking, <laughs> looking sexy there, man. But it's always great to have a chat with you on a Sunday, man. Yeah, cheers, mate. It's been fun. It's good, um, good to get back into it. 
Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will catch you next week. I've got no idea in alphabetical order who the hell they're going to be, but we'll have another four teams for you, or maybe five. But be on the lookout. Like I said, all the news that we talked about at the start of the show will be in the show notes. So if you want to have a look at any of the links, please have a look at them now. But enjoy the week, and we will catch you on the next Talking League. See you later, guys.